Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Said I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, 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 guys. Welcome back and happy Friday. All right, guys, welcome back for a solo Hot Messy Topics because Jason is still in Cape Cod doing whatever Jason does in Cape Cod. No, he's bringing you guys the members-only vlogs on sailing yachts and with Captain Sean and having the best time, and he will be back tomorrow. Now, in the meantime, guys, everyone has been asking me for months about the horrible human merch. Everyone. We always wear it. We wear the shirts. We wear the hoodies, and now you can officially get yours as of 12 p.m. today. The site has launched, so go to horriblehuman.store. It is linked in the live chat. You can check out the new merch. By the way, as you go through it, this is the one I'm wearing right now, as you can see. But if you go through, these joggers are the cutest thing that I've ever worn in my life. Okay. I'm done with Horrible Human for now, and then we'll get back to it later. In the meantime, guys, we have lots to discuss. I don't even know where to start, so maybe we'll get into the Vanderpump rules of it all. Guys, everybody who's coming into the room, let us know where you're watching from. I see Brooklyn. I see Redondo. I see San Francisco. I see Texas. I see Philadelphia. Hi, everyone. Let's start with the Raquel Levis of it all. All right, guys, so a new thing came out from TMZ this morning. Now, it was claiming that Raquel Levis, okay, is currently negotiating her season 11 contract. The problem here is season 11, they started filming these little pickup shots last weekend for Ariana's birthday, where they filmed the cast members in their homes. And it's like, we're catching up with Sheena. Sheena's with her little daughter and her husband. We're catching up with shorts. He's cleaning up laundry around his house. It's a mess. Like, you know, those shots. But the first official group filming scene was Wednesday. Now, Raquel hasn't filmed anything yet because from what her sources, the sources close to her, her reps are saying she is still currently in a mental health living facility. There's one person out there who has a problem with this. I'm going to point this out. I posted a video about this this morning. From what they're saying, Raquel's rep and her team, they're trying to negotiate a higher salary for season 11 based off of what happened with the scandal? I'm wondering if you guys think because Raquel was a part of the scandal, I mean, she's one half of Scandal or one third, however you want to look at this, does she deserve a higher pay? Because for those of you who don't know, there's a tier system in the salary in the way that the Vanderpump Rules cast is paid. It's not, they're not like housewives. Like it's not every new contract you get to renegotiate with an added bonus and stuff like that. I'm sure there's little bonuses, yes, but it's a tier system. So for example, when Stassi Schroeder left after season one, when she ended up leaving and going and meeting her boyfriend, Patrick, and living in New York and taking a season off, when she came back, she was a season's pay behind Jax, Tom, Tom, Katie, Sheena, all of them. Now, the only difference in pay as of today would be some of the cast, they're on day rates, and some of them are on salaries. So for her to come in and come in a higher salary, 
it's just a little interesting to me. But I want to share something with you because there's someone out here who's saying that they have receipts when it comes to, well, good old, I mean, should we call her Rachel? I'm going to call her Rachella. Here, I'm going to bring up the receipts right now. Actually, let's just get to it because this is good. She's claiming that Raquel's not actually in a mental health facility and that she can prove it. Cece loves you. Go over and check her out. She said, okay, so let me explain to y'all a little bit of how TMZ works. TMZ and Radar Online have very close relationships with Bravo celebrities. They're good friends who are supposed to leak things or their PR team. They also know which reporter to send, where and when they get the phone call. Hi, Josh. That being said, they just post without fact-checking because they truly don't care. It's a money-driven business. All right. I'm going to skip the second one, but this one. But one thing I won't F with is mental health. Raquel clearly needs help, and that's okay. A lot of us do, but she was not in a mental health facility for two months. And yes, I know this for sure. And yes, I have seen receipts. I do not want to use such a, or you or I don't want them to use such a sensitive topic as mental health to negotiate a higher salary. Like, are you okay? I mean, that's kind of a pretty big deal to claim that you know for a fact, by the way, I'm going to share this next, but you know for a fact that she hasn't been in a mental health facility. Now, we've been claiming this for a long time because some people were saying that she was at a mental healthness or mental wellness retreat or mental health wellness retreat, whatever you want to call it. It's very mixed. Let me bring this up really quick. Donna Gunter, Adam, did I see somewhere that you connected with pops on ancestry? I find found out who my biological dad was on ancestry when I was 50. Also your biggest fan, Miss Bella, the princess of palm cheese sends you her love. Oh, thank you. Yes, I did. I met pops three years ago on Ancestry, just a little over three years ago. Sure did. All right. So um, moving on, Tom Sandoval. Tom Sandoval missed the first week of filming for season 11. And some people were wondering why, but lo and behold, leave it up to TMZ again. Tom Sandoval is actually filming season two of Fox's Special Forces. And this is where they take him and a few other celebrities and they drop them in the middle of some cold ass location like New Zealand because that's actually the location here and they have to get paired with this like team of special ops who do everything in their power to break them and make them lose fail or quit a challenge until they get to the last contestant who wins I don't care what he's doing in New Zealand but I think New Zealand is just far enough to be like you know what Tom Sandoval I hope you win that stay there as long as you want you don't even got to come back just stay. Have a good time. We're okay with that. Right? I mean, as soon as he gets back anyways, they're just going to be waiting to rip his head off. Like, it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's, it's literally inevitable. But, all right. So, as we keep going, another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, because this was something that was, it's been heavy on my mind, right? We know that Vanderpump Rules... Yes, while they're filming. All right, sure, fun. But what we didn't realize was there was another Bravo spinoff that was in the works. I think that was the biggest moment that we were all like, okay, so there is something happening. We're not crazy, which is great because for a while we were like, is Jackson Brittany, are they coming back? Are they not coming back? Can somebody please just let us know what's going on? Well, 
we can let you know what's going on. Because apparently, Jackson, Brittany, and also Kristen Doty are filming this new Bravo spinoff, which is, a, I guess it's supposed to be about eight episodes. And the way that they describe it, it's like they give you the synopsis and they're like, listen, these West Hollywood friends give up bottle service for bottles, baby bottles, that is, as they move on and evolve in life and go out on their endeavors. I'm like, where the hell is Kristen Doty's baby? What baby bottle? That girl is still on the same bottle. And that bottle has Tito's in it. There's a no fucking baby bottle over here with Kristen Doty. So what are you talking about with the Vanderpump Valley of it all? No, eh, just Nick. If you guys want to bring Kristen Doty and Jackson then back, let's just have a more mature show. Put them with the original cast that we liked from the beginning. Can Charlie, I don't even know if we need Raquel at this point. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Don't bring in anybody new. Just give us the old cast. Because if we do a spinoff, a Vanderpump Rules, OG Vanderpump Valley sort of spinoff. Stassi Schroeder, she's not going to film. She doesn't even like Jackson Brittany right now. So she's not doing it. So if it's Jackson Brittany and Kristen, who else is it? Is Bravo going to let Sheena and Lala, since they have babies, are they going to be able to film for this spinoff? That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, would it? So then are there going to be new people that we don't even know, which would have totally defeated the idea of having an OG spinoff in the first place? I mean, I have questions. I have questions, and I think it's only fair that I get the answers to my questions. Oh, speaking of somebody who has questions, I don't know if you guys peeped this, but this is another person who has a lot going on. Um, Lala Kent is getting ready here soon to actually sit down and interview Howie Mandel. Well, I guess Mandel's going to sit down with her and interview her. However, this is going to go. But the way it's actually, hold on. And I know what you guys are thinking. It's actually not going to be Forgive Them Lala. This is totally Howie's setup. Lala showed up. Howie's daughter ended up bringing Send It to Daryl merch for Howie and her to wear. Now, Howie was like, no, 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 to his daughter. We've got to keep it neutral. But after Lala sort of clowned on Howie for the Tom Scandaval of it all interview, his first interview that really was just so cringe at the end of the day. And then, hey, dude, you want to shave my mustache? Yeah, that whole moment. Lala was like, okay, fine. I made fun of you on social media. You clap back a little at me. We need to sit down together and do a podcast. Let's sit down together and do a podcast. You want to break bread with me? I'll break bread with you. And I think that that's, I mean, again, that's just another thing that at the end of the day, I'm not mad at. Actually, let me just play it for you. This is what Lala said. Hold on. I'm going to bring it up because it's a lot easier that way. On Give Them Lala podcast, it was revealed that Howie's daughter brought them both Send It to Daryl sweatshirts to wear to the Sandoval interview, but Howie said they had to stay neutral. That we didn't talk about today on the mic with Howie was that when he did the interview with Sandoval, his daughter came in wearing a Send It to Daryl sweatshirt. And Howie said... You got and take brought it one for him. She brought one for him. Yeah, that was what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! He said you got to take it off. Yeah, and she brought one for him to wear, and he was like, "We can't." Yeah. And she like we have like to micro, remain neutral. She was micromanaged. 
Good for Jackie. Jackie, she's very sweet and she has killed it every time. It's like, I know that that how we got dragged, but I feel like, and Jackie got, like she said, I was talking to her today and she was like, no, I feel like I got dragged. But I'm like, I saw a lot of people saying Jackie saved it. I I will say, no, she did. There was a lot of things that she, like good little side comments after Howie would make it like Like his rant. She would be like, that's not the one. The one thing I want to say that we didn't talk about today on that's not the one. Yeah, that's not the one. All right, there was another one, though, that I wanted to share with you guys, too, because Lala did also discuss what it would have been like to have Jackson, Brittany, and Kristen on Vanderpump Rules. Here, hold on. Let me play this for you guys. Oh, also, Ebony Dix, are people willing to film with her? Then no high pay. One, thank you for the super chat. And two, the only person I could think that would be willing to film with are two people, Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, maybe Tom Schwartz, but I feel like if Tom Schwartz knows what's good for him, he is not going to do that. Peep this. The reunion that much better though, because it just showed, it just showed like how much of a liar he really was. Yeah. And that, and how much he was like training Raquel on what to say. Oh, like they became the so obvious. Loves a good training process. Oh they, my like, gosh thrive off of it oh my gosh uh, uh jacks always loves this question and i want to ask you if jacks and Kristen doty were on the show do you think that it would have came out sooner because i have a feeling that as soon as you started having your suspicions yes. Kristen would have i would have had someone to talk to about yeah, this yes. i didn't have anyone like katie was in a difficult position because she's going into business with ariana yes, yep. no one wanted no one wanted to like hear me on that but it made mm, nobody wanted to hear her and that makes a lot of sense too well for those of you guys who don't know right now vanderpump rules again i said this at the beginning but if you're just coming into the room they picked up cameras again this week We've already seen a little bit of Ariana and Katie Maloney filming outside of the sandwich shop, which looks great, exciting, right? But now we see where Bravo and Cocktails has also posted that Tom Schwartz was filming with Lisa Vanderpump and DJ James Kennedy at TomTom. So they were having this conversation and there were a few fans who were on the outside looking in and they saw the awkward exchange but they said it looked like tom schwartz was trying to make amends with james and brought him a plant for his housewarming gift okay so good we're listen you can't have it all we're getting somewhere we're getting somewhere it doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be on the other side of the hill or whatever you guys want to call it but it's somewhere especially with this group you really don't know what's going to happen so i think as long as we have movement. I feel like that's probably something that that's got to be worth something, right? Because it can't just be stale every single time because then that's only going to end up being a problem for everybody who's watching. Now, there are a few theories about what's going to happen this season. Everybody knows that it's going to still focus on Raquel and Tom and Ariana and everyone still hoping that they're going to get a scene with Ariana and Raquel. I'm just here to tell you guys, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that Ariana has drawn her line in the sand and I don't foresee her sitting down at all. I was even reading on Twitter where some fans were like, wait, this is kind of bullshit because she's happy now. She's with another guy. If she's happy with this new guy, why won't she film with Raquel and Tom and just like rub it in their face? That doesn't, one does not negate the other. 
just because she's happy and in a happy, committed relationship, a new relationship, by the way, this relationship just, this all happened in March. March, April, May, June. June. We're going into July. Yes, I know. That was a 10-year relationship. So yes, even though she's happy in a relationship, she can still be fucking pissed off and be like, I don't want to talk to that asshole. Why should I have to? I don't want to, and that could be Raquel or Tom. At the end of the day, I don't know. The thing that I want to see the most or hear the most listened to is the Howie and Lala podcast at this point. I think that this is going to be the best. And I want to see if she goes in on him or she's not going to hold back. She won't hold back. All right, guys, I think it's time to switch it up from the Vanderpump Rules of it all because we spend so much time on Scandaball. And while I'm happy that they're filming again, so we don't spend too much time without them, I am also equally just as happy that the show has come to an end and we can move on. I just wish that they would have put some better Housewives shows after it, like Real Housewives of Atlanta and OC. I feel like we could have done just a little better. Anyways, let's go over to New Jersey. That's what they should have done. They shouldn't have put New Jersey and Vanderpump Rules so close together, but that's what they did. And we're going to get into it. I don't know if you guys peeped this, but there was an interview. Well, there was a lawsuit first. But there's also an interview, a Siggy Flicker interview. Did you guys catch this? I'm kind of hoping you did. All right. So Siggy Flicker, right? She went on all about the Real Housewives podcast, and she went on to give her first sort of tell-all as to what happened. Her side of the story, if you will, when she left the show. So her side of the story is she was bullied. She says this. When I was on the show, I was on the show with Margaret Josephs. They brought me on as her friend. I didn't know the woman. Look at her house. I wouldn't go in the house. She's never been in my kitchen, not in Long Island, not in Boca Raton, and not in New Jersey. So she's going in on this, and she's talking about how she loves, 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 loves Teresa, doesn't have a problem with Melissa, Jacqueline Larita is so authentic, and Margaret Josephs is the devil. She said that there was a moment during one of the seasons where her stepchildren came home and said, hey, we just want to let you know that we talked to mom. Mind you, her stepchildren's mother has unfortunately passed away. But they came home and said that their mom told them that Margaret reached out trying to dig up dirt. Now, Fliggy, Siggy Flicker ended up sharing in this podcast interview that when she found out that Margaret allegedly went to her stepchildren's mother, she had a long, hard conversation with her husband and her children, and she decided to walk away because she didn't know what Margaret or the stepmother, what they were going to bring out of the woodwork, like what was going to be used or weaponized against them going into the next season. Siggy said that she made the choice before going into her final reunion that she would not be returning because she did not enjoy her time on the show. And she actually went on to let us know a few more details, including a conversation that she had with Andy Cohen. Hmm. All right. When she was speaking on the podcast, Siggy revealed that she distanced herself from castmates in part as a way to protect them. They have a job. When you're outing production like I did and you're taking a risk like me and speaking the truth, if you're still working with production and they see, oh, you still like Siggy Flicker, you're still hanging out with that rat who's outing us, those castmates are going to be afraid of what's going to happen to them in the editing room. According to Siggy, after leaving the show and exposing the allegedly hostile production team, Andy called her on the phone. He goes, 
you know, it's, I'm very sad that you didn't have a good experience. I'm going to say this. Bravo did everything under the sun to try to make me happy. There were phone calls daily, weekly. I was saying to them, I want this to be documented that I am being harassed by production. She added to that when it comes to her problem, her one main problem with Margaret Joseph's. My problem was always with three, four producers who were having dinner and hanging out with certain housewives and no one would call them on it because they were afraid that it would affect their edit. Well, as she's going on about this, she's, and she does, she goes on about it. She's talking about how this is all just like a sham of a show. She said there were moments where they would sit there for hours and try to film a scene and production would come and get over one of the housewife's shoulders and whisper something in their ear. And she said nine times out of 10 that they were whispering in Margaret's ear in order to get her to say something to move the story along. So she's kind of exposing them. And this is the moment that you can tell that you're listening to an ex-housewife that never anticipates on returning to the show because it's only at this point, this is the point that you know I'm not coming back. There's not a future for me to come back to the show. Like, Siggy has to know that. That's why she's not holding back. She also said, you know, somebody like me, I've been off the show for six years. And in the six years that I've been off the show, it's wild. Like, I was just in North or South Carolina the other day with my daughter, and we were walking and we were shopping, and all of a sudden, it was like six people. Six people walk up to me, and they're like, Sig, Sig, Siggy. Oh, my God, Siggy, I love you. Oh, my God, send my love to Teresa, Siggy. You were amazing on the show. I love you, but I always loved Teresa more. She was my favorite. And that's what people always say to me. And my daughter asked me, when is this going to stop? I don't know when it's going to stop. It's crazy, but I don't need this. Like, what do I need it for the fame? It's already fueled the ego. I don't need the money. My husband takes care of me. So listen up, production. What you need to do is hire women who are in their late 30s, early 40s, who are trying to get businesses off the ground, who are not totally financially stable, because then they will give you the drama because they need the show. I feel like they tried that with Leah McSweeney. Leah McSweeney had a business to get off the ground. She didn't have this extravagant lifestyle. But then I think that was part of the problem because we were, we got so used to seeing housewives and these lavish lifestyles of like the women pulling up in their Rolls Royces and buying $225,000 Rolexes for their husbands. And it was just another level of wealth that we hadn't seen before. And that's kind of what got us excited, I, I think. Because if I want to see Ponchi and Broke I'll just walk around. Like, I'll look at, I'll go look in the mirror. If I want paunchy and broke, I'll go look in the mirror. I'll go say, hi, yes, this is Adam checking in for one mirror, please. You paunchy, broke ass. And I don't want to watch myself. I want to watch, I, I already know what that looks like. I want to see the money. I want to see the lifestyle. I want to live vicariously through the housewives. So I don't necessarily agree with Siggy on this point. Sorry, Siggy. Really, why is this coming out now? What did I miss? That's a great question. I actually don't know. We all know this stuff about the housewives. Ebony Dix, Siggy, best intro to Jewish traditions, period. I agree with that. Listen, and I don't actually dislike Siggy. I don't dislike Siggy at all. I don't agree with how she's saying that they should cast for the show, but I liked Siggy on the show. Really. I don't know if you guys know this, but when I did my Spilling Tea Live New York show, 
Margaret Josephs was on the stage with us. And when she was, we asked her if she could bring back one person, Siggy or Danielle, who would you bring back? And she said, hands down, Danielle all day, never, ever, ever want to be associated with Siggy. She's not a Siggy fan. And I don't think that that comes as like a real big surprise, but hold on. I want to bring up this Teresa thing because now there's more drama. Teresa Judice now is being slammed by fans for copying her cousin, Kathy Wakili, over cannolis. Guys, we got to get a life here. We got to get a life. Let me tell you why. Hold on, let me play the video first. She started a YouTube channel. She's cooking fucking cannolis. Give it a break. It's not the end of the world. Kathy didn't invent the cannoli. And while I've never tried a cannoli, it's like if I made a pizza, okay? And all of a sudden, me and my brother aren't talking, but my brother just went and he started making pizzas too. I didn't invent the pizza. I just made a better one. So maybe that's all Teresa's doing. Maybe she's just making a better cannoli. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Hold on. Here's the video. Hi, this is Teresa Judice. Welcome back. So today we're making dessert. I'm making the holy cannoli cupcakes. So I know it's intimidating making cannoli cream, but it's really easy and cupcakes are fun to make. So let's have fun making them together. Hi, guys. It's Teresa Judice. Welcome. Welcome back. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like this is just reaching. And if this is coming from the Wakili camp, well, then we're reaching just a little bit too hard because we don't need that. Another situation that's kind of crappy, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw this, but speaking of New Jersey, guys, over 600 in the room, smash that like button and show some love. Joe Gorga is being sued by former attorney for allegedly refusing to pay legal fees in a $6 million real estate deal. Oh, but it's the amount in unpaid fees that gets me on this. My gosh, my DMs are blowing up. I'm sitting there, I'm minding my own business and, you know, just talking to Shaylee and it's Adam. Joe Gorga is being sued. And I'm like, not sued. Sued for what? What's like, what's going on? What is he getting sued for? Is it real estate? Is it the pizza oven? Louie? Not Louie. What happened? So I'm sitting there just trying to kind of figure out what happened. And then I'm going through reading. Hold on. In the attorney's June 26th complaint, which was obtained by the U.S. Sun, on June 27th, which was three days ago, Allen, who was the attorney, who was reportedly hired by Joe in December of 2020, claims that Joe owes him a whopping $3,337.50 in unpaid fees. Now, am I dogging on $3,000? No, I would love $3,000. Who wouldn't, right? But when people are saying, oh my gosh, Joe Gorga, on the verge of losing everything over these unpaid fees he is. This is another reach, just like the cannoli queen over here, guys. We gotta stop. Gotta stop reaching for Jersey. Let's kick it over on the West Coast with the OC for now. Because this just isn't right. Oh, by the way, before we end up moving on from New Jersey, I wanted to tell you guys one more thing because everybody was freaking out about this whole P.I. Bodito situation. And Bethany Frankel actually had an interesting reaction, which sort of went against the cast of New Jersey and the fans. I didn't see this coming, but I'm actually really happy it did. This is, I'm sharing it with you. Bethany Frankel says, thank you, Bravo Housewives on Instagram. 
If Louis hired an investigator, that it's really smart because no one hides more information than housewives. She's calling Louis brilliant, saying that he's fighting fire with fire. She also said that she once hired Bo Deedle as well. Um, Louis's been busy, I see, sips tea, Tinsley's opinions. Yeah. I mean, this, I don't know. I, I'm not mad at, I'm not mad at what Bethany's saying. She's saying that he's fighting fire with fire. Is it creepy to hire a PI? Maybe it's just more creepy that they know that he hired a PI. Maybe other people hire PIs all the time anyways, and you just don't say it. It's like people who are pissing in the pool. Like you have all of these people, they pee in the pool, they're gross. I'll never get in a community pool. I think it's so gross. I was just in one three days ago. I'm a fucking liar. I was in a community pool with Shaylee. I'm a liar and I take it back. I hate community pools because people get in there, they get comfortable and they pee. And then they lie. Well, they don't lie. They just don't necessarily tell you that they peed, but they don't tell you that they didn't pee. And I don't like that. So it's like the same thing. It's like if you have a kid in a pool who doesn't tell you he pees, he's just as gross as the kid who just blurted out, I pissed in the pool. You see what I'm saying? So it's just as bad, but I feel like they're doing it behind the scenes anyways. Was that a good analogy or a bad one? I feel like that was kind of a good analogy. I feel like I was doing something with that. No? I don't know. All right. I mean... Let's move it on. Who's ready to talk about some Kim Zolciak and Croy Beerman divorce? <laughs> this actually does not make me excited. So I'm not trying to pretend like it does. What is this video? Oh, by the way, that was the video earlier of Schwartz bringing James a plant for his peace offering. But let's get back to the Kim Zolciak and Croy Beerman of it all. This is tragic. I don't know if you guys caught my video with the 911 call, but Kim and Croy's divorce just gets messier and messier. Now, they have had, I mean, they've had so many allegations that have come out so far against each other. We've been over so much with the drug tests, the hair follicles, the psychiatric evaluation, the online gambling. But wait, there's more. How? How is there always more? Kim Solciak got a lot of shit because she ended up going on and calling the police, calling 911 emergency services over a situation that most, it didn't seem like the fans or people who were, who are observing the situation that it was necessary. You know what? I'm actually just going to play the video for you guys first, and then we'll come up with how we feel about it. Hold on. Let's play it really quick. Prosecco Princess. Bravo and cocktails. Here we go. Get ready for this one. Super quiet. I don't know why. I just have a situation here where my husband is threatening a kidnapping because my girlfriend um, took my son on a play date. And now he has harassed not only the mother, but my son is shaking and hysterically crying. And now I'm just going to leave and just go pick him up to prevent this situation. I just... I'm sorry, what was that? I can hear you. I'm just going to put you on speaker just because my son, I dropped my son off. At, I live in the manor. I dropped my son off at the front gate for six years. They were going to the rodeo, whatever. My husband, we're going through a divorce, just came in and said that he's going to file kidnapping charges on her 
And I said, absolutely not. I agreed that she could take him. And then he talked because he's crying hysterically on the phone. And now I'm going to pick him up and just to create any kind of further stuff. But it's just, um, I did call my lawyer to ask him if it was kidnapping, because I didn't want police to get in trouble. And he said, it's not, it's one parent can defense. Um, and then my husband did steal my bag that has all my divorce paperwork and all my stuff in it. This is just so petty. And I, I hate to call 911 for this situation. I just was so frantic in the moment when I realized super quiet. I don't Okay. So yeah, that was the 911 call. That's why so many fans were pissed. Now her friend, Elise came out page six, picked up on this and she posted this in her Instagram stories. And she said, I feel so bad. I pray for Kim, who is such a great mother. And I feel so bad for these children who have such a narcissistic controlling father. She also said Kim did not abuse the 911 emergency services, but instead Kim was calling because she wanted to make sure that her friend was not going to be arrested. Her friend being Elise. So Elise did come out and stick up for, you know, Kim and all of this. But yes, do I think that this was, honestly, I think that this was a waste of emergency services. First of all, you don't just call, it's not your therapist. I'm sure you have one of those on speed dial. I know that you fired the chef, you fired the nannies, you fired the drivers. I don't know who else you fired, but we know you probably did not fire the therapist. The therapist is the one that you tell how much of an asshole your soon-to-be ex-husband is. The therapist loves this. They'll charge you by the hour. They'll send it to, they'll send you like a nice little invoice. They'll be like, sign there. Um, Please pay us before you pay the IRS. Like, it'll be a whole thing. They'll be all about it. But to call 911 and to be like, you know, we might be fighting, but right now everything's okay, but I'm going to go to the school and I'm going to pick him up. But normally I drop him off at the front gate. He was supposed to go to a rodeo. We live at the manor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, like two to five, 10, $15 million homes, maybe even. Yeah, our home's 16,000 square foot. My husband played for the Atlanta Falcons, such an asshole. Anyways, I don't need you guys right now. I'll probably call you later. Bye. No, girl. But the irony in all of this is that a list, right, of complaints came out from where Croy filed this list trying to get legal guardian of the children. When he filed this list, he said, Kim is too busy taking selfies and recording herself while driving with the children, which he feels is unsafe. Kim has won and lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on online gambling, and she's too busy focused on pressing the spin button on her computer rather than focusing on her children. He also said that while he cooks them nutritious meals because they are children since they fired the chef, she has only been giving them like pizza rolls, chicken tenders, pizzas, macaroni and cheese, and just fun kids favorites. So he's listing out all of these reasons why she is not, I guess, the right fit to be the guardian, the full-time guardian, he's doing the same thing to her. She's doing the same thing. It's just back and forth. But where I was going to say the irony was one of his arguments was the gambling. Now it comes out. It's like one of those things, like don't throw stones when your house is made of glass too. That's literally what is going on in this situation because Croy is now being sued over a gambling situation. 
Sky Warrior is suing Croy for an unpaid line of credit that was issued to the former reality personality. He was given $100,000 to gamble while visiting the Bahamara Casino in the Bahamas back in 2021. This was according to new documents obtained by Radar Online. The company stated that Croy currently owes $52,000 and they have unsuccessfully tried to get in contact with Croy to recoup their money. So they are asking the court to step in. Interestingly, Croy previously asked that Kim undergo a psychological evaluation amid his claims of her having a gambling addiction, which he alleges contributed to their family's financial woes and their impending divorce. Um, yeah. In the motion, the same motion where he lists everything about her, he said, Kim has presented very troubling behavior, which has accelerated in months. She has been spending substantial time in marital funds on gambling and other games of chance. This compulsion has financially devastated the parties. Kim's time is so consumed with online gambling that she is unable to properly care for the children. Oh. Ay, ay, ay. Actually, I was talking to Shaylee this morning because we were putting polls together for you guys in the community tab. And I said, listen, I've lived through this. I've seen this story. My parents have been married more than I can count on two hands, right? Literally. So when you call the police this much, I don't know how it works in the state of Georgia. In Florida, and I was just telling Shaylee this, usually nine times out of 10, or at least this is what my dad told me. You know what? I'm going to put this on my dad. My dad told me, that in the state of Florida, nine times out of 10, if you call the police over an issue, like a domestic issue, somebody has to go to jail or somebody will usually nine times out of 10 go to jail. How do they get off calling the police five times in the same day? Nobody's going to jail. Why is nobody being removed or asked to leave the property? First of all, it's a 16,000 square foot mansion. You guys should be able to figure it out. But since you can't, like, why is somebody not being physically removed? Tinsley's opinions feels like they are both trying to create traceable records to assist in their child care cases. Poor children. I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Travis, for the super chat. Kim is wasting 911 resources like Ratchet with a restraining order. Someone could be in dire need and she's stopping 911 and helping them. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. And I agree. I agree with all of that. False police reports should come with a fine and jail time. They should be arrested. I mean, I don't know about arrested, but... You said it. All right, guys, over 650 in the room. Smash that like button, show some love. And I say, let's just get back on the bus, get out of Georgia, and head over to the OC. Because there's even more drama. The drama that never stops. Actually, we can start with Emily Ozempic Simpson. I'm just kidding, Emily. All right, guys. I actually really enjoy Emily Simpson on the show. Emily Simpson is getting a lot of shit right now, though. I don't know if you guys are up to speed on what's going on with Emily or what's going on with these ones. There's always a lot with them. But Emily Simpson is offering unsolicited unsolicited diet tips after admitting that she used Ozempic and liposuction to lose weight. I know what you guys are thinking. What's the problem with that? She's offering unsolicited diet tips. Like, who cares? She can do whatever she wants. She's a woman. She has a platform. Yeah, I mean, she could do whatever she wants, but that's not going to prevent people from calling her out if they don't think, you know, she should be the one who's giving the advice. It's literally, by the way, this is the equivalent to Teddy being an accountability coach and then all of a sudden finding out that she's not really like, you know what I mean? So for Emily... 
I think that's what fans are saying. They're like, okay, it's fine. You did liposuction. You look amazing. You look beautiful. You did Ozempic only for a month to kick off the diet. You feel good about yourself. You look great. You're happy. You're healthy. Fine. But I think it was the soliciting the dietary stuff. The Real Housewives of Orange County star posted an unsolicited diet tip on her Instagram story on Thursday, telling fans to opt for vegetables instead of the fried goods. Here's a tip. When you eat out at a Mexican restaurant, don't eat the chips. Ask for sliced cucumbers with pico de gallo instead. Okay. The 47-year-old Bravo Liberty said that she used Ozempic for just the month of December to kickstart her weight loss, but stopped because it made her feel lethargic. The following month, Emily went for liposuction. She said just the surgery alone was just, I felt like it was just a huge difference in my overall look. And to have the thinner arms and just the smaller chest, and I was so happy with the surgery. And I have so much muscle underneath that when he did the liposuction, my arms were just jacked. Okay, okay. Simpson also explained that she also focused on changing her diet to focus on eating higher protein meals. Her admission came after she hit back at the followers who accused her of using Ozempic to lose weight. She said, you don't know me and nothing will revert back because my arms are jacked from heavy lifting seven days a week. So she's saying, for all of you who are calling me out, you don't know me. So since you don't know me, You really don't get to call me out about anything. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But, I mean, is she wrong? No, she's just using Ozempic and liposuction. Let's get on to the real drama. That is Heather Dubrow. Heather Dubrow is hinting at a feud with one of her former co-stars over her children. Yeah, we know who that is. We know Kelly Dodd. Heather Dubrow is hinting that a major feud with a co-star on this season of The Real Housewives of Orange County involved one of her kids. Oh, it's this season. Hmm. She also took aim at Kelly Dodd on a recent podcast. Months after Kelly commented on her 12-year-old's transition, the OC star shaded her former castmate as irrelevant as she also addressed Tamara Judge's claim that she did something shitty amid season 17. She reacted to her children coming out and addressed the sale of her $55 million mansion in Newport. The misconception is that we sold our house and bought this apartment. That's not what happened. What happened was Terry and I were looking for an apartment for some day when all the kids leave and when we found this place, we couldn't let it go. Then 10 days into escrow, Heather got a call from million dollar listing realtor, Josh Altman, who had a buyer for our house. He came over and brought this person and we ended up selling the house. So we already had the LA place and it's a two bedroom apartment. It's not like the family can live there. So we don't really have a main residence. We're like nomads. You're like a lot of things. A nomad is not one of them, Heather Debro, with your $55 million mansion and your $30,000 Nobu lunches. Nomad to who? What? Can I be a nomad with you? Can I be Adam Coy Newell Debro? Adam Coy Newell Debro. That's me. Adam Coy Newell Hilton Debro. Yes. All right. As Real Housewives of Orange County fans may know, Heather and Terry have four children, including 19 year old twins, Max and Nick, 16 year old daughter, Kat, and 12 year old son, Ace three of her children have come out as gay or bisexual. It's like, your family's your family. Your kids are your kids. There was no big revelation. I didn't need time to process. Like, whatever, man. When you're a parent, you just want your kids to have an easy, great life. That said, she did have concerns. 
When you have a child that is outside of what society calls the norm, whatever that is, you worry for your kid. You worry that they are going to have a tough time. And so as a parent, that is what I worry about. Are they going to be safe? Are they going to be loved? Are they going to be taken care of? Although Heather was accused of making an announcement about Ace's transition, she corrected the idea saying she simply acknowledged her child because other people wanted to talk about him. We were really trying to just like have him have a safe space to be who he is and maybe now leave him alone. It wasn't announced on the show and it's not discussed. All right. Well, moving on to her OC regrets, Heather said that there are so many of them before noting that she, unlike other members of the cast, use her less than stellar moments to learn. You can watch it and you can feel two ways. You can be like, everyone, you're all assholes. You have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm right. Or you can go, okay, well, maybe I didn't handle that one correctly and maybe use it as a learning moment and maybe not do it again. After a tough season, Heather is on the outs with a number of her co-stars saying that their relationships are not fantastic. I feel like at the end of the day, so many of us have history. There's love there. There's long-term relationships, but there's also some people that do things that just think they're empirically right. And there's no accountability. I hope in my life, as I get older and try to be more self-actualized, that I look at these things and go, okay, let me rewatch this and see if my memory actually holds true, or am I the problem? And in some cases, maybe yes, and in some, no. Huh. All right. We all know that Heather and Tamara suffer a falling out this season, and she actually pointed out that Tamara said recently on a podcast that she did something very shitty to Tamara, and she said, the funny thing is, Tamara is the one who did something shitty to me. I just exposed it. I usually don't expose things, but sometimes you get pushed to a breaking point and right or wrong, you break down and you expose them. So I expose Tamara Judge. All right, Heather DeBrow. Well, if you're going to say that you exposed her, then you better be able to put your money where your mouth is and we want to see it. Now, speaking of something else that I didn't know if you wanted to see or not, Bravo Breaking News obviously did. And we just had her on yesterday to recap OC with us. Bravo Breaking News, Kim. She's so cute. Look at this cute photo of her and the Tres Amigas. She went to the show, but what I liked was she gave us her takeaways. Again, at Bravo Breaking News. One, Vicky wants her job back. They were begging the whole show because Pump Rules and OC producer Alex Baskin was in the audience. Two, Shannon looks incredible, best she's ever looked. Three, they are working on a Tres Amigas tequila and cocktail book. Hmm, interesting. Four, they all revealed that they have had nose jobs, tummy tucks, and lower facelifts. Vicky still refuses to be friends with Teddy. I don't need to. Out of any franchise, Tamara would join Real Housewives of New Jersey because she has a bone to pick with Teresa. Vicky says that she wouldn't fit in on New Jersey because she's too white. Vicky, you did not say that. I'm sure she did. And Shannon says she's currently single with Eddie Judge... Vicky's new man and John Jansen all in the audience. Uh, Vicky, still putting your foot in your mouth, trying to put on a show for Alex Baskin. Okay. Oh, we see it. All right, guys, we have over 720 people in the room. This has been a fun, hot, messy topics, even though we did not have Jason in the room. But I did want to say for those of you guys who were in here at the beginning with over 720, if you're looking at my shirt, and you've been asking about the Horrible Human merch, it has landed. Horriblehuman.store, the link is pinned in the live chat. You can go shop the merch, which by the way, as you can see, the shirt that I'm wearing right now, 
and then also the jogger pants. Everything is so plush and comfortable and premium. I think that's why probably I enjoy it so much, but I did at least want to show you guys because there have been so many people who have asked me. So now here it is. If you guys want to go shop it or just look at it, go to horriblehuman.store, link pinned in the live chat, and I will drop it in the comment section. I love you guys. I hope you have the best, most beautiful weekend. Don't forget to smash that like button. Thank you for all the super chat, super stickers, and thank you for being a part of the live chat. Happy Friday, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.